Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Ivor Davis with us. Ivor, when you met Elvis, did you like him? Did he did he have that explosive chemistry? Um, well, before I answer that question, George, um, I can tell you you've made my year because I can't wait to see George Norrie sings Elvis Presley on October the 8th. Anyway, <laughs> um, you know, the interesting thing is when I first met Elvis on, on, on a film set, it was before... Well, actually, it was after I went with him to, to meet the Beatles. And he was charming. He was, a, he was a gentleman. He kept calling me sir, although I was uh, two or three years younger than him. And um, I felt he was, he was a, 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 an interesting guy. He did not appear explosive. He was in the middle of shooting. And the funny story that I, I happened was that after we chatted for 15 minutes and he was talking about his, his leading lady called Donna Douglas and how they got along so well because they, they actually read the Bible together during lunch breaks, um, he, after 15 minutes of gen, general chit-chat, nothing of great importance, uh, somebody came in and said, Al, they need you on the film set. So I said, well, maybe I could come and watch Elvis uh, shoot the film, and the guy said, who was one of his Memphis mafias, oh, Elvis uh, doesn't really like you know people coming in, it's a closed set. So I said, goodbye, Elvis, a uh, pleasure to meet you, and mm-hmm. off I went, and as I left the studio at Paramount, I heard a shouting, noisy group of guys playing football in the parking lot, and there was Elvis throwing the football around among his Memphis mafia buddies. So that was my f- second encounter with Elvis, which... Um, which I'd be very happy to tell you about my first encounter with Elvis as I was the fly on the wall 
when uh, the Beatles went along to see him in 1965. It was August 65. They really wanted to meet him, didn't they? They wanted to meet him. But, uh, but, but in retrospect, and when you, you, you know, the moment you, you just absorb it when it happens, um, what happened was John was a great fan of Elvis, and I believe in retrospect that it was Colonel Tom Parker who decided that this would be a great idea to put Elvis together with the Beatles in Elvis's house. So in 1964, uh, they never quite made it. The Beatles were on tour, uh, crisscrossing the country. Elvis was making another movie. And then in 1965, Elvis and Brian Epstein, the Beatles manager, got together at the Beverly Hills Hotel, said, let's make it happen. Now, the problem was for Colonel Parker, in a way, that, that Brian said uh, later on, uh, we don't want any press there. We don't want to make this a, a, an extravaganza. So no press. Uh, no tape recorders, no photographers. I mean, can you believe? No photographers Jeez. for the historic meeting. And when they finally met, it took a long time for them to kind of gel. And, and then, again, in retrospect, I didn't know at the time, but Elvis was jealous of the Beatles. First of all, they'd knocked him off the perch as a number one hit parade guy. And then number two, well... Elvis had not appeared live anywhere, and then four days before they met at Elvis's house, the Beatles appeared at Shea Stadium in New York and, 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 and played to an ecstatic crowd of 55,000 people. Sold out. Well, sold out um, crowd. Sold out crowd. And Elvis had seen this. And so, you know, there was a certain resentment. Uh, Elvis uh, had been in the army. He'd come out. He was struggling. He was mm -hmm. making these movies, which were kind of copycat movies with different songs, mainly to sell the to sell the songs. So he wasn't too warm towards them. He wasn't he wasn't bending over backwards to meet them. And for the first ten minutes it was a very awkward situation. I, I saw Elvis fiddling with the remote control. The Beatles sat around and nobody introduced them. I mean it's saying it I mean it's amazing to think of it. Nobody introduced the Beatles to Elvis. Finally, Elvis, in, in the silence of, of, of listening, like the silence of a jukebox was going, the television was playing, he jumped up and said, uh, hey, you guys, um, I'm going to bed unless you came here to jam. And, of course, that broke the ice, and they got on a bit better after that. Uh, and then they said they would meet each other again, but they never did. And then, if you want to flash forward, and what, what aggravated the Beatles about Elvis was that several years later, Elvis went to the White House to meet Richard Nixon. Mm -hmm. And Elvis decided that he was going to get Nixon vote, uh, young voters. So he persuaded uh, the Nixon White House to let him meet Richard Nixon. And I, I saw the letter that Elvis wrote, and it was kind of a rambling letter because Elvis was high when he flew in from Palm Springs to Washington, D.C. Anyway, the Nixon White House had come along Elvis. Elvis showed up, and, uh, and I think people have seen that picture. Elvis presented Richard Nixon with a, 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 a sort of an antique gun. And Richard Nixon gave Elvis his federal agent's drug enforcement badge. That's right. It's kind of ironic, really, because Elvis wanted that, I suppose, because he ever got picked up uh, riding along uh, in, in the streets of wherever, and uh, he could flash his federal badge, badge at the police, and they would wave him on his way. So that was it. And one other thing, if I may add, George... At the time that Elvis met Nixon, he said to, the, uh, to Nixon, uh, the Beatles are, are terrible guys. 
They, they earn all this money in, in, in America. They go back to England and they badmouth America. Well, that, honestly, was never the case. So uh, by that time, the Beatles were totally unhappy with Elvis. And, um, you know, Elvis went on to, you know what, uh, until the, the, the tragic end. Absolutely. Now, he was 33 years old, Ivor, when he came back from his comeback in 1968. What? Yeah, uh, yes, you, are you talking about, George, when he came back from the military or when he did his comeback concert in 1968? 68. Okay. Well, that's another interesting story, which I'm sure you know about, because it's featured very heavily in the, in the, in the uh, movie by Baz Luhrmann. But uh, the other day, I had a long conversation with a guy called Steve Binder, and Steve Binder was the director of the Elvis Comeback Concert. And he said to me, Binder said to me, uh, that Elvis, Elvis was very nervous about doing a live comeback concert. He was, he'd been that's away, right. He'd been away for so long. Go ahead, George. You were gonna no, no, you're right. He was very nervous when he came back. And he even told the crowd, and once again, they all cheered him. Yes, he did, and that was being so honest. But the interesting story I felt about the background to the story was, as Steve Binder told me, that Elvis had come to him and said, look, I've been away. What do you think of my career, Steve? And Steve was a young uh, producer-director who really didn't care what he said. He said, Elvis, your career is in the toilet. And Elvis smiled and said, well, nobody's ever told me that. Thank you. And Binder said he kind of nurse-maided him through the, uh, the, the comeback special. And if anybody who's seen the comeback special and anybody who's seen the recreation of the comeback special on, on, uh, on the Baz Luhrmann movie Elvis, will see Elvis was magnificent in his black leather outfit with a live audience. It was quite a sensational show. And Elvis, it saved Elvis's life until, of course, he got back onto the drugs. And then, as you described him, he was, he was uh, forgetting his lyrics and the, the, the slide downhill continued until the end. During the eight months before he died, in 1977, his doctor had prescribed him 10,000 doses of sedatives, methamphetamines, and narcotics. 10,000, Ivor. That is so, I mean, when you put it that way, George, it is stunning. It's criminal almost, isn't it? Because the doctor was his awful enabler, uh, and, uh, I mean, no human being could survive that. No. Surely. Absolutely not, and that's so tragic at 42. His, his, he adored his mother, didn't he? He adored his mother. Um, his father in the movie, and I didn't know his father, Vernon, in the movie comes across as a bit of a hayseed. His mother comes across as somebody who was crazy about her son, of course, and he was crazy about her, and when she died, of course, he was shattered, not surprisingly, and, um, you know, Vernon uh, moved in with, 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 Mrs. Pre- with, with his wife and in, into, into Gracelands after they'd lived a fairly, you know, a little poverty-stricken life, if you like. And Graceland, wow, that was quite a, it's quite a museum, isn't it? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What got Elvis on the charts? He, he walks into uh, Sam Phillips' uh, record shop called Sun Records with producer Sam Phillips. And they wanted the, an African-American music to a wider audience, didn't they? They did. And, and uh, look, the, the interesting sto- background story is that Elvis was influenced by black American music, as were, believe it or not, in the early days, the Beatles. Paul McCartney always talks about what Elvis talks about, how he loved uh, you know, Long Tall Sally and, and, and Roll Over Beethoven, which were, which were done by um, black uh, entertainers of the period. And Elvis... He and, loved Chuck did, Berry, didn't he? Oh, he loved Chuck Berry, of course, absolutely. And Chuck Berry is, is shown in, in, in the movie. Um, Elvis loved that music. And when Colonel Parker saw Elvis or heard Elvis for the first time, he thought he was a black singer. And, and then he discovered he wasn't. And the film, actually, of Elvis uh, shows um, how, how it, you know, in sort of a met- metamorphosis into, into Elvis the, the, the king, which is rather an intriguing element of the film, I felt, which I didn't know all that much about. I knew Chuck Berry because uh, he was from the St. Louis area. And uh, I had a little company that produced video programs and uh, he came in one day, stumbling around. Nobody knew who he was, and he was trying to get dubs of all these videotapes he had in his hand. And uh, he just walked right in. He didn't even stop at the reception desk. And I had to go and get him because, you know, who's, it, who, who's this guy? I turned around, and it's, Ch- it's Chuck Berry. I said, oh, yes. Mr. Berry, what do you need? And he said, I want some dubs of these. And I said, well, we can't. There's, they're movies, and we're not allowed to. And he went, oh, he took them and left. George, was Chuck Berry the Chuck, was he the star uh, at that time? Or oh, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. was. He was big-time star. He, it yeah. was probably toward the last three-fourths of his career when I ran into him. Yes. Well, that's an interesting story I'd never heard, you know, before, but certainly it, 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 it goes to the roots of, of rock and roll, isn't it, in a way, the history of rock and roll. Abs- absolutely. This kid who played uh, Elvis in this movie did a pretty good job. Oh, abs- I mean, Austin Butler is his name. And he's a, a kid from Orange County, California. 
And he, apparently, as soon as he knew he was in, in line for Elvis, he buried himself for months and months in Elvis mania or Elvis everything. And it showed, because I think, uh, you know, maybe you and I can talk next year uh, when the Oscars come out, because I think Austin will get a nomination. Now, whether he wins or not, I don't know. Right. And, and I think even Tom Hanks as the Best Supporting Actor nomination. Um, again, I don't know whether he will win, but, but Hollywood and the Academy do like actors who, who dress up in outfits that, that makes them look totally different. And Tom Hanks certainly, certainly did that. Um, let me ask you something, if I may. I'm sorry, I know it's your show, but, but did you ever run into Colonel Tom Parker? No, I never did. Did not, yeah. uh, did not know him, uh, did not run into him at all, but... Did he was he the one that truly made Elvis the superstar that he became? Well, I know. I mean, Elvis had the talent, obviously, but, yeah, but uh, absolutely. I, I think it's an interesting question, and and you can you can cut cut the nation in half or in, in in quarters on this one. I think Tom Hanks. I saw called Tom Parker a diabolical genius. Um. Or, but was he, was he a con man? Yes, he was. Was he a carnival man? Yes, he was. But he did nurse Elvis through the early period. And he loved making he, money off of Elvis, right? Oh, oh, absolutely. I think there's no doubt whatsoever, because Parker was a very much a money man. Uh, I, I mean, the story that Barbara Streisand told me uh, when, I, when I went on, on, on The Star is Born was that they wanted Elvis to play the rock star. And Elvis was dying to play the rock star, and he went along and spoke to John Peters, who was the, who was the producer, and Barbara Streisand, and, and, was, and they wanted him. But Colonel Parker said no. And I think the reason Colonel Parker said no to that was, number one, Barbara Streisand would have got star billing, and, and number two, Elvis would have been playing a, a washed-out, drunken rock star. And Parker didn't want to take any chances. He didn't want to let him do it, because some people might think that Elvis was like that. Now, when Elvis was on the Ed Sullivan show, is it a true story that they were, they t- were the technicians, the camera people were told, do not shoot below the belt. I, we don't want to see him wiggling. I think, I think to some extent that was true. I mean, Ed Sullivan was pretty, in a, in a strange way, was very straight-laced. And so I think maybe, I mean, he told the girls when the Beatles showed up not to scream. <laughs> but so I think there's a certain element of truth to that. And don't forget at the time, and I remember I was in England, um, people said Elvis the pelvis. I mean, he's, he's lewd and lascivious, which is kind of ridiculous when you think of it. But so I would, I would concur with what you just said, that Ed Sullivan uh, said to the camera crew, you know, play careful. We have a, a middle American audience and we don't want to offend them. Well, I think when Sullivan had the doors on and they were singing Light My Fire, there was that version that says, girl, we, you know, couldn't get much higher or something. Yeah. We, yes. whatever that was. Yes. He didn't right. want, he didn't want that phrase in there. No, no, I think so. And, um, uh, you know, I, I don't know where you were, you know, how young you were at the time of the Ed Sullivan show, but it was must watching every Sunday night, I think it was Sunday night, and, and millions, I mean, 74 million people tuned into the Beatles and maybe the same amount or less for Elvis. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.